Hello and welcome to The Heat Seat. I'm your host, Sophie Solaria, and this is the place you'll get to meet some of the amazing patrons, experts and ambassadors behind the fantastic campaign that is Menopause Mandate. We shall get insight into these women's female health experiences from menstruation to menopause and we'll find out how they dealt with the lows, gained their knowledge and found their path to where they are now. But before we start, let's talk about something really important, and that is our gut health, especially in relation to mental health, because the relationship between our gut health and the brain is powerful. That's why this podcast is being brought to you by The Better Menopause. They're on a mission to transform your health with science-backed nutritional supplements. As you'll hear from this podcast episode, Lavina talks about her feelings of anxiety during what she now knows to be perimenopause, and she's not alone. Many women will be offered antidepressants by their GP, unaware that it may be linked to the menopause. However, these feelings can also be linked directly to the change in our hormone levels and gut health during perimenopause and menopause. The health and balance of our gut microbiome can actually influence our serotonin production. The Better Gut Supplement contains six strains of bacteria that work to repopulate the gut lining with beneficial bacteria, which improves estrogen, metabolism and balance. I've been taking the supplements myself for over a few months now and honestly I've been blown away by the difference that I feel. I know I've already reported about my stomach, which feels less bloated and more comfortable. My sleep has also improved, which I've said, meaning I get to sleep more easily and stay asleep. But I also have started to feel calmer. And that is without HRT. Imagine when I start that too. If you'd like to join me on my road to a better gut and try the Better Gut Supplement to support you through your menopause, visit thebettermenopause.com to find out more and receive 15% off your first order with my special code, Heat seat. That's thebettermenopause.com. But now it's time to meet today's guest. Lavina Meta BME is the founder of Feel Good with Lavina. She's a personal trainer, wellness coach, and a mum of three. Lavina was awarded an MBE for services to health and fitness during COVID 19 and started to share her own perimenopause journey on social media to help normalise the conversations in the South Asian community in particular. Let's find out how she's doing breaking the taboos and raising awareness to help other women feel empowered. Let's head to her now. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. It is so nice to have you and talk about all the things that we love to talk about, which is essentially female health and how important it is. Oh my God, 100%. Where did you grow up, Lavina? So I was born in London, northwest London, um, same house that my parents are still living in. And yeah, they came in their 60s. So when I say, you know, I'm Indian and I'm Gujarati, I'm a British Asian, as um, people call it nowadays, I guess. Let's talk about your experience of periods, menstruation, menopause. Did you know anything about periods and female health? growing up gosh now with what I'm doing around women's health I keep asking my mom we keep having like in-depth conversations about what did you tell me in my teenage years and I started my periods when I was 13 I was in an all-girls school and mom said you just learn everything from school and it was just the basics you know that we all got taught at school there was no real conversation I guess the biggest thing you know, that I'm in this space is to help break the taboos, especially in the South Asian community where they've never talked about periods, they've never talked about sex, they've never talked about mental health. And then the other M word, menopause, and we didn't even hear of perimenopause. 
um, up until a few, you know, about a year and a half ago for myself. So I guess none of this stuff has really been talked about. I guess sharing and seeing what other girls were doing in my school and um, trying to bunk out of as many outdoor swimming lessons as I could as soon as I I got my periods, which was like, yeah, a form of torture. Now I'm in the exercise space. I think, gosh, that really put me off when I was younger. Outdoor swimming is so ahead of its time. Well, I mean, it's amazing now, but to be forced into a horrible pool with those disgusting showers and not knowing much about periods, you know, I wore sanitary pads all my life. Again, there's a bit of shame around using tampons. This is another whole conversation growing up being South Asian. So just so many things that we never really talked about. So really, you weren't allowed to wear tampons. Is that still a thing? Why is that a thing? I feel that it had something to do with, you know, being a virgin, I hate to say. And it wasn't that I was told not to wear them. It was just the dumb thing is that Asian girls, Indian girls were just wearing um, sanitary pads. And I just went with the flow, with literally with the flow. With <laughs> everyone around me and yeah mum told me later oh my god Lavina she even said to me just a few months ago when I was was quizzing her about periods she said did you really never wear tampons and I said mum you know like it's just a a something that I never thought I was allowed to do but she was quite open my mum's very forward thinking I think she was a bit shocked that I never wore them and then I was in you know a pretty you know demanding career in my early 20s as a global project manager and I still remember times where I was in a very male environment. So most of my team were men and older than me. And, um, you know, I would go traveling and I would just be, I guess, just dealing with it myself. I wish there were resources when I was growing up, like they are now with all the books and the fact that we've got Google there that can often lead us into the wrong path. But on things like this, there's just so much more awareness in Um, the space of women's health now but thank god for the women you know and our daughters and nieces that are coming along let's talk a bit more about the asian community so you said you had friends you could talk to but how hard is it to be open with them or just any females within the asian community about this stuff well i remember even just talking you know if we look at the menopause journey and the whole conversation around that i qualified as a personal trainer at the age of 40 which again is a career that is not very common in the South Asian community. Uh, I think I was probably one of the first women that I know at that age that has gone into a career like this. And when I started talking about menopause, gosh, I mean, it's literally been such a taboo subject. That's why, you know, I'm like shouting as loud as I can. And the impact that it's had on people around me is just what I thrive off. That's what gives me the motivation. It's all those little messages, the DMs. When I first went on Instagram and I burst out into tears when I suddenly realized that I was perimenopausal from the age of 40, but the penny only dropped, you know, three and a half years later. And the response has been incredible. You know, like, I mean, it's been very sad, which is where why I'm so passionate about it, because there's so many women to this day that are still quite confused about the whole thing. But at the beginning, there were women at rock bottom, you know, where it impacted their relationships, their self-esteem, their confidence had gone. Um, women had messaged me about, you know, the fact that they'd left the work. Like, that could have been their lifeline, right? Like, being South Asian, we're in a very different, like, cultural, there's so many cultural barriers as a woman 
and you're kind of always looking after other people. And I'm trying to help women reframe that, that we really need to kind of invest in our health at this point, especially in midlife. I guess I've been extremely sort of brave and open, I would say, um, but I really have had such positivity, which I think is so refreshing, which is why it's so needed, I think. You say the penny dropped when you were 43, 44 about the fact you were in perimenopause. How did that penny drop? How did you work it out in the end? I'm looking back now, you know, when I turned 40, I actually had a lovely birthday present where my periods just started to go very erratic. On your Um, actual birthday? It was March, yep. On my 40th, I remember telling my sister-in-law, oh my goodness, what has happened you know, my period hadn't come, then I had another one within like three weeks. And then it was just like two weeks, four weeks, it was just doing its own thing. You know, bearing in mind, I just qualified um, as a personal trainer, and I'd never really done it as a career. I'd done it just because I was fascinated by what movement had done for me in my 30s. And I wanted to learn the science behind it and sit the exams just for my own knowledge. So the period started going a bit haywire. Then I started going live uh, during the pandemic twice a day. And it was a really busy period. Things just kind of took off unexpectedly. And I started getting bouts of anxiety. And I just kind of suppressed it like a lot of women do. I just thought, I'm juggling so much. It's a pandemic. You know, I'm going live. I'm doing things that are out of my comfort zone. But the anxiety was stuff that I did talk about looking back on my lives now. And I would often say, you know, I didn't feel like coming on and I'm not feeling great myself. But At the end of that workout, the endorphins had been released and I'd always be like, oh, I'm feeling fabulous now. So I was quite open about it. And I remember a few South Asian women saying to me, you know, what is this anxiety? I've noticed that you're mentioning it. Are you okay?" And I was like, yeah, I think it's just the juggle, you know, of life. Um, The worrying point was when I started getting brain fog and I was like forgetting so many little things and living in um, a house with you know, my three amazing boys and my husband, I'm the only female, even the dog is male. (laughs) So um, I was just forgetting simple things. And they were getting a bit frustrated with mum. And my husband was getting annoyed. Like we've told you this before, Lavina, kind of what's going on. And my grandmother actually had Alzheimer's, which dementia and Alzheimer's, again, is not talked about openly in our community. And I'm now, you know, an ambassador for Alzheimer's Society, trying to raise awareness about all of this as well. But it did make me worry, why am I losing my brain? And I was going on radio and TV and social media. And I really was like, almost getting that panic before thinking, I just don't want to forget anything. And the penny dropped when I watched Davina McCall's documentary. And it was such an emotional point it was um the boys were watching football downstairs but I burst into tears Sophie so loud that I was sobbing away um and they rushed up and they were like what's happened what's happened they actually stopped watching football and they I was just gonna say they heard you over the football they heard they me over their screams and shouts I mean that's how bad I was I was just broken and it was the changes in the brain that I saw on that documentary the scans by Dr Moscone in the US and she'd shown you know it's quite emotional now I'm getting goosebumps about you know just things there which kind of the jigsaw was just coming together and all the little symptoms that I'd been feeling I just suddenly thought oh my goodness I'm perimenopausal and I never knew this they came up and they stopped watching football and we just rewound the first 15 minutes and we watched it all holding hands I mean it's emotional because um a you know like 
something that even my son then got such an understanding of this is what mum's been going through but it's also just that awareness that understanding Mm. and knowing that okay I'm okay this is normal this is my hormones they're changing this is part of life um, so thank goodness Davina put that documentary out there. Her and Kate Muir, who, you know, I've worked and have met so many times now, I thank them to this day. And the penny dropped. And I then said to my husband, um, I'm going to use my platform. You know, it's had grown from being a very private person to then coming out and doing all the workouts. And I said, I'm going to share this. Yeah, I went into tears the next morning on on um, Instagram Live. And the response, like I said, was pretty crazy it kind of grew from there but the point where I went to Mariella Fostrop and Alice Smelly who are obviously such great friends of mine now through menopause mandate but I went to their book launch in May so about a month and a half after I'd um, started talking about it on on my Instagram platform and I remember being in that room not seeing many people like myself and I was just thinking I'm going to stick my hand up at the end in the Q&A and I stood up and I said I'm Davina I'm South Asian I'm only 45 and I realized I'm, you know, perimenopausal and I've decided to start taking HRT. And I literally, Sophie, got a round of applause and they were kind of all coming up to me at the end saying, I didn't realize you can start at 45 and gosh, you're so young. And now obviously the science and the research is showing us that South Asian women can go through perimenopause and menopause five to six years earlier than the average white female. So, you know, meeting Mariella and Alice was a huge turning point for me because then I got involved with menopause mandate and like, here we are, right? When you talk about things like this, do you get backlash ever from the Asian community? I thought I would. And I recently said in another interview, it's been, well, to this day, (laughs) I'm not sure what's going to happen tomorrow, but everyone has been really positive. And I think, you know, with the elders like with the workouts that I've been doing you know for the last three and a half years with my mother-in-law and my mum you know they're in their 70s and I've had up to the age of 100 join me and some of them are very traditional um, men you know they've never exercised before and in my Friday feel good lies on you know they're all saved on YouTube I always talk about these things openly and I've been talking about menopause I've been talking about pelvic floor exercises my little pelvic floor snacks and how important they are and I actually always get wonderful feedback because I stay back with them after you know when we go live on zoom and on youtube but with the zoom community it's been amazing the men saying you know I've never heard a woman talk about menopause but I'm so glad you are because now I can talk about it with my 30 and 40 year old daughter or um, you know these are things that we never talked about but I understand now and just having them acknowledge it like having my own dad sending me little clippings of articles and things that I'm researching you know for my upcoming book or things about the menopause just that is a huge breakthrough I think because um, he's kind of on board and it's just getting that awareness just so that they know that even just the basic terminology right will help them empathize with women and help women around them feel supported and you've obviously talked a lot there about being a personal trainer now changing your career what made you make that flip wow so yeah this is where I really want women to like um know that even though despite you know perimenopausal symptoms and kind of last 
five years, I've now realized that I was going through this um, phase of life, like we're all going to go through, you can actually thrive as well. And I was a global project manager, I gave it up when I had two kids. And then when my third, you know, came into this world, I just thought I can't be doing this. And it was a lot of travel, a lot of responsibility. So I gave up a career that I love, like a lot of women, you know, that maybe mums have done. I had like about a decade where I really just focused on them, you know, being mom, taking them to all their activities. I absolutely loved it. And um, it was when I actually helped um, type up and write my mum's book with her, which is Feel Good With Food, which is where the feel good kind of with Lavina comes from. And I really understood about the science behind nutrition. And she's a biological scientist. So she was writing about antioxidants and the power of food about 15 years ago. So I got very fascinated with um, health because I feel that is something that was really lacking the education around it in South Asian communities. And we see you know, these terrible statistics around diabetes and heart disease. And I tried to kick off, you know, this sort of campaign before the pandemic to get UK Asians fit because there are alarming statistics. I basically went on my own strength training journey. So I joined a gym when I was, gosh, around 33, 32. Uh, My youngest had got into kindergarten. So all the boys were settled in their schools. I thought I'd join the gym and I was just jumping around classes like a lot of women do, having loads of coffee mornings. It was only when I invested in a personal trainer and he introduced me to the world of lifting weights, of resistance, strength training. And I'd never lifted anything. Sophie I'll admit you know I'd never really been into exercise and it's when I started lifting weights and when I went through things that a lot of us will experience through you know midlife like grief where I lost my father-in-law with um, things that just happen right we've always got things going on um, as women and it was giving me so much mental strength regardless of how much weight I've lost which was a lot it's probably over 10 kg and I was kind of you know probably twice my size maybe bigger it was what it was doing up here and mentally that I was just fascinated by so I started researching and I started looking at the statistics around exercise and how it can help reduce risks of things like diabetes and dementia and osteoporosis and I said to my husband I'm just going to sit a course I never ever thought I'd want to do exams again but I used to put the kids to bed and then I would just sit there I didn't tell anyone apart from you know everyone in the house and I was loving it I was just absolutely fascinated it changes the way you think how you feel your mood you know your sleep your food your motivation then women started finding out that I'd qualified and a few friends started asking me to train them in my little basement gym So I do the school run and I'd come back and I'd train uh, women and suddenly I was like packed. I had a waiting list and I was training women from the age of 30 to 70. And then the pandemic hit and I decided to then, you know, go live with my exercise snacking, which is my, you know, my fun concept to help break the barriers around time, cost and motivation. And we went live twice a day during the pandemic. I guess the rest is history. But what, in short, a very unplanned career change. But you can see I absolutely love it. You can almost say that you could thank your menopause for creating this new life plan for you. Because oh I'm God. guessing it's because it. of your your menopause that the exercise was helping so much, right? You know, I just, that's where I say to women, um, HRT, regardless of whether you've gone HRT or not, 
I know how exercise has just kept me sane. And I say exercise for sanity, not vanity. And I truly believe that. Like I know a lot of it is about how we look and how we feel and you kind of want to look good, feel good. But like you said, it's it's been that that miracle for me. It's been the lifeline. I don't know how I would have got through the last few years without it. Um, so yeah, I should should be thanking the menopause. I love that. And your HRT, where did you get that from and what are you on? When I stood up at uh, Mariella and Alice's uh, book launch, I said, I've just started HRT. I decided to go down the route of my NHS GP because I wanted to keep it very real. And I've shared... Um, so much of it, you know, all my appointments, I used to kind of share lots of stories about it just to, to tell women that it's perfectly normal and this is fine because it was, they didn't really know what HRT was. And I um, have had a bit of a kind of, I would say, a cocktail of over the last year and a half. I haven't properly nailed it. So it hasn't been that silver bullet for me, which I think is also important to share. And, you know, I try to be relatable. I agree. Um, And it's, it's not been plain sailing. I've kind of changed my doses. I've tried, you know, to go up on my patches of estrogen and then I I didn't feel so good. So I, I went back down. It's been a real learning process. Like I'm obviously blessed to be in this space. So you can, you know, if you saw the amount of books, I think I've got every book on the menopause. I'm surrounded by everyone, you know, in menopause mandate, all of our amazing advocates, all the professionals that really know their stuff, the doctors. Um, I'm blessed because I get a lot of access to information. So I kind of worked out my path of getting HRT alongside my NHS GP, who I would say, like most GPs a year and a half ago, um, were just kind of in that deep and they weren't trained properly. It was kind of me sort of suggesting things and advising her a little bit. And then she would go and check and then we would kind of come up with something. But I wanted to do that because I really do feel that especially in my community where cost can be such a barrier if you're not sure about what HRT is and not everyone will maybe fork out or be able to even afford a private appointment. So I wanted to go down the NHS route and it's actually worked out really well. Like my doctor and I have, you know, have had great conversations. We've had lots of support. I've shared, you know, like tips of um, obviously logging your symptoms, like going in prepared in these short appointments. I was very lucky that at the beginning, I managed to get two appointments back to back. So that kind of gave me that time. But yes, I do feel it's important to empower yourself, you know, as much as you can. You know, things like the things that I was saying, you know, a year ago at Parliament with Menopause Mandate and Well Menopause Day around the fact that we need translation, we need like people in all communities to be able to have that confidence. There's so many barriers, right, Um, in my community, but things are changing so quickly, which is absolutely incredible. Still a lot of work to be done. Um, well, there is. And that's where I was going to head. W- what are you most proud of from your campaign work? And also, what do you want to see tackled next? That whole ripple effect has been so incredible, where I feel, you know, we've now I go into workplaces and um, I used to do just workshops on how to keep people active, which I feel, you know, is such a big issue. But I tie it in now with menopause, which is so great to see it on the agenda. But it's I guess one of the, you know, the main sort of moments for me is when we've got like men 
as well on board with us. So my boys, my husband, but people in workplaces, you know, senior executives that are actually talking about the menopause is massive. Um, knowing that it's making a difference so getting that feedback of people, you know, whether it's through DMs or comments on my posts and it's South Asian women actually talking about it more and talking to their own families about it and feeling supported and knowing that there's so many solutions out there for them. I guess the next layer and what I talked about on Well Menopause Day is just making sure that we can filter down to the community level, which is sometimes hard, you know, just in terms of where they get their information from. So not everyone's on social media. And I've done talks, you know, in temples, the positivity after a talk like that, and just seeing that has been so fulfilling. And so many women coming up to me, not just younger girls saying, okay, now, you know, I feel like I'm a little bit more prepared, and I'm not scared to midlife women saying, you know, you've really helped me and I feel, I don't feel alone to even their mums or their grandmothers saying, you know, in Gujarati to me, like, well done, this is really good conversation. I guess where I want to see it go is really that emphasis on um, what we can do to help our health. So it's about our long-term health, future-proofing our bodies through exercise, through easy lifestyle changes, because I feel regardless of whether you're on HRT or not, we need to make sure that we are trying to, you know, give ourselves the best chance um, to live a happy, healthy life as disease-free as possible. And we can do so much that's free, that's easy and quick. That's really, really helpful. Finally, Lavina, do you feel like there's a real change coming for women's health in the UK, but particularly in the Asian culture? Oh, yes. You can't see my goosebumps. <laughs> I've got them for real. It's super exciting. I mean, it's an honour being a patron of menopause mandate. I can see change has happened and I'm just super excited for what's coming. You know, we've got so much work to do in this space, but collectively, you know, we're, we're getting there. We're making really positive steps and it's about helping for me as many people as I possibly can. So good to speak to you. We're going to end this podcast by asking each guest to choose their favourite song from the Menopause Mandate Hot 100 playlist, which <laughs> can be found on Spotify. What's your favourite song from that playlist and why? Gosh, so I had two. I had um, a sensible one. I had I Will Survive because I truly believe that. I want women to know that you can get through this. You're not alone and you can not just survive, you can thrive. Um, and then I had a very silly one for personal reason because I know how to wrap it. And I'm not going to wrap it now, but Ice Ice Baby is just a classic. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Thank you very, very much. It's been so good to talk to you and so inspiring as well. I'm going to go get my trainers. Yay, exercise <laughs> snacking, Sophie. <laughs> Take care. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast with Lavina Meta, MBE. Lavina is a woman on a mission for change, as you can hear, and it's one that I know she won't stop with until she's achieved all she can. To find out more about Lavina and the great campaign work that she does with Menopause Mandate, then head to menopausemandate.com. And if you've enjoyed this episode today, we'd love to hear from you. If you have anything to say about the episode or the podcast as a whole, please let me know on the heat seat at menopausemandate.com. I'm actually planning to go back to all the people that we've already spoken to and ask them any of your questions. So get them in if you'd like me to do that. Plus, if you like what we're doing, please give us a good review and of course, share it with your friends and family as well. And the reason, because we love community. We believe 
that this is where we can best support each other, which is also why we've partnered with Holland and Barrett. You see, H&B are truly dedicated to the health of women and believe that menopause very much matters. This is why we at Menopause Mandate have teamed up with them to offer women a free menopause advice line. This gives you a 15-minute check-in with a qualified nurse who can give you unbiased, evidence-based support. It's crucial. The nurse will check your symptoms with you and help you prepare for a GP consultation. They'll also guide you on how to manage lifestyle changes during this important time of your life, giving you support and helping you to feel empowered, which in turn gives you back some control. So if you want support and guidance during the peri or menopause, please do go and book your free session at hollandandbarrett.com. And that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for being here. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.